Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Monday, the 14th of November. First up, Elon Musk just fired 4,400 more Twitter staff with zero notice and nobody noticed. Oh, oh wow, wow, we are absolutely insane. Elon Musk just hired th- or fired thousands more uh, employees at Twitter. He is absolutely cleaning house and he's not having any of the baloney sausage mainstream media crying about it. It's been hilarious to see how essentially Twitter fired 3,700 employees a week ago. And in general, the Twitter experience has remained the same. He then uh, quietly over the weekend just fired 4,400 more employees. Think about that. 4,400 additional employees and you didn't even notice it. That's that's exactly what we're dealing with here is some of the most insane bloat that uh, is that maybe has ever existed. Elon Musk fires thousands of Twitter contractors responsible for battling misinformation on the site. A week after firing half of the permanent staff, contractors suddenly locked out of work systems, turned to Twitter for confirmation. Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, is further wiping out the teams that battle misinformation on social media, on the social media platform, as outsourced moderators learned over the weekend that they were out of a job. The social media giant fired its contractors that tracked hate and harmful content on Saturday. Some of the contractors said they didn't even realize they were fired until they were were not able to log into work on Saturday. <laughs> Think about that. 8,000 total employees have been fired, and I haven't noticed a single difference on Twitter. Have you? This is like, I mean, Elon's going to make this company profitable in like a matter of six months. Mark my words. Or it'll completely explode. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's changing so much every day. The bus move comes after Twitter fired much of its full-time workforce by email on Saturday, on November 4th. About 4,400 of 5,500 contractors have been fired, according to reporter Casey Newton from Platformer News. Melissa Engel, who worked at Twitter as a contractor for more than a year, was one of a number of contractors who said they were terminated without notification on Saturday. She said that she's concerned that there's going to be an increase in abuse on Twitter with a number of workers leaving. Isn't that funny? how all these employees seem to have the exact same marching orders, the exact same comments every time they leave. First, when the 3,700 were fired, it was, oh my God, hate speech is going to run wild on the platform. And and the N-word got used uh, 200% more times after we left. And, oh, I was just working at Twitter to help save democracy. Oh, it's just so bad now. It's going to be... Uh, you know, it's going to be the end of the world. Nothing happened. Quote, I love the platform and I really enjoyed working at the company and trying to make it better. I'm just really fearful about what's going to slip through the cracks. If you actually look at that, at that statement, right? What's going to slip through the cracks? You mean like free speech? Now I know, of course, that you cannot have true First Amendment protected freedom of speech on Twitter. Anyone who has that level of demand, I mean, you can go to Gab, but even Gab has rules, okay? So, you know, there's always going to be some level of rules when you don't control the infrastructure. Um, If you don't control the the servers, the domain name, the every little thing. Now, maybe with Starlink, one day Elon will be able to do that. But for now... There's just you ha- there are still rules for everyone to live by. And even if you have a host, a web host that's fine with it, whoever's funding that web host is gonna, you know, maybe MasterCard or somebody else. Somebody, there is always a point of leverage where um if there's speech that somebody doesn't like, which is what people call hate speech, um, suddenly you they have a leverage point on it, no matter how safe you think you are. A Twitter manager wrote on on the company's Slack site that the contractor was working on a child safety workflow when they got locked out without warning, according to Newton. 
a workflow, maybe just protect kids. Wasn't uh, Twitter sued for allowing uh, the CP to remain on its platform? Yeah, they were. One contractor said they learned they were firing from Newton's tweets, reporting the mass firing. I just learned I was laid off by reading your tweets. And then when I tried to log in on Slack and email and realized it was all gone. Casey Newton writes, getting word that a large number of Twitter contractors were just laid off this afternoon with no notice, both in the United States and abroad. Functions affected appear to include content moderation, real estate, and marketing, among others. Contractors aren't being notified at all. They're just losing access to Slack and email. Managers figured it out when their workers just disappeared from the system. They heard nothing from their leaders. One manager just posted on Slack, one of my contractors just got deactivated without notice in the middle of making critical changes to our child safety workflows. If you are making critical systems changes to Twitter, you're probably not a contractor. Probably not. And then he says, you don't have to treat people this way today. I'm a contractor and your reporting is accurate. I just learned I was laid off by reading your tweets and then trying to log into Slack and email. It is true. Like there is a level of human decency. Like you would hope that, you know, some people could get some notice and you would hope that, you know, not all these contractors are left-wing anti-free speech ideologues. But the more people that speak out from Twitter, ex-employees, and I've got a hilarious video on that later today, the more of them that speak out, the less likely it seems that any of them were normal people. Ingle, a data scientist, said she worked on data and monitoring arm of Twitter's civic integrity team. Her job involved writing algorithms to find political misinformation on the platform in countries such as the United States, Brazil, Japan, Argentina, and elsewhere. Misinformation. Again, that word. You know, I'm not against policing some level of misinformation. You know, having some sort of like, you know, um, indicator on it or whatever the case is. But the problem is the definition of misinformation seems to change all the time and seems to be in incredibly fluid and beneficial to whatever ruling party is in order. Engel said she was pretty sure I was done for when she couldn't access her work on email on Saturday. The notification from contracting company she'd been hired came two hours later. Okay, so the contracting company probably is the one that should have told these people. It's not Twitter's responsibility to notify, you know, contracting companies, individual employees. That's their job. I'll just be putting my resumes out and talking to people. She said, I have two children. I'm worried about being able to give them a nice Christmas. You know, just the mundane things like that that are important. I just think it's particularly heartless to do it at this time. Well, he's trying to run a business. A business that I, I think according to him was uh, losing... $4 million a day, something like that. Twitter hasn't said how many contractors work as well. We know 4,400. The company gutted its communications department, hasn't responded to media requests for information since Musk took over. They don't need to. Why would Musk, why would Elon Musk respond to the media whose basically sole purpose has been to defame and, and try to hurt him? There's a, a video I've got later today where the Washington Post literally worked with a senator or some other clown in the government to try and get Elon investigated by creating fake accounts and then pretending that it was an issue. I mean, why would Elon ever return a single email to anybody? All contractors are not content moderation agents, Robert says. Contract contractors fulfill many key roles inside the company, but almost all moderation agents are contractors. Here's the thing. Here's Sawyer Merritt reporting. Um, he's co-founder of Twinbirch. Uh, he's a Tesla investor and covers breaking news. Maybe I'll follow him, I suppose. Elon seems to respond to him a lot. The Tesla autopilot team, it's about 150 engineers. And they're outperforming teams that are competing against, that they're competing against that are 3,000 engineers. If you look at Musk's response, this is how he, he wants, he understands the value of having hiring the top 1% of people and understanding the, the, or, uh, the orders of magnitude, the force multipliers that they are. Musk, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a great answer to that, but I can tell you philosophically, 
what works at SpaceX and Tesla is people being in the office and being hardcore and a number of people can get tremendous amount of work done in that situation. If you look at say Tesla autopilot AI team, it's 150 engineers and they're outperforming teams that they're competing against that are 3000 engineers. I'm a big believer that a small number of exceptional people can be highly motivated and do better than a large number of people who are pretty good and moderately motivated. That's my philosophy, he said in the interview, and he responded directly to this saying, that is my philosophy. I mean, there is some, some jobs where you need headcount, where there's manual labor involved and things of that nature, but you can also have way too many cooks in the kitchen, which is apparently what happened at Tesla, or I mean, sorry, at Twitter. Make sure you, uh, if you haven't yet, you click that red subscribe button down below uh, because I'm gonna have probably six videos today and it's not all gonna be Tesla stuff or Twitter stuff, but there's gonna be plenty of Twitter stuff going on. And next up, Johnny Depp back. Woke female Pirates of the Caribbean canceled and Amber Heard keeps losing. Interesting times it is uh, as um, the question for fans, I think, or for you know your everyday fan of cinema is con continually getting raised. Like, when will we actually get good movies? When will we get movies that are not, you know, exclusively based on, you know, making men bad? When are, when are we going to get, you know, we've got, oh, James Bond's going to be female. Oh, the new Indiana Jones is going to be female. Oh, uh, the new Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be female. Whether or not, like, these end up being good or bad movies all it does is prove that Hollywood is completely out of ideas, completely floundering. Their best idea is let's take something people love and probably make it worse. When their entire value proposition is, hey, it's a chick now, that doesn't really motivate me to spend money. Now, plenty of people went to go see Black Panther 2, which obviously that wasn't necessarily the case there. I mean, they lost Chadwick Boseman. Um, but it was still obviously a very empowering film for females, very middle of the road, Marvel movie, just like expected. Um, even the critics basically said, eh, you know, it's good, but you know, people want to see it because it's one of the bigger Marvel franchises. But now we may be seeing an end to that as Margot Robbie, who again, I have no issue with the woke, all female pirates of the Caribbean has now been canceled. So we also know that he has been vindicated, at least in the eyes of the law. There's been a lot of people who, you know, still are a little, they believe, uh, they use terms like her truth or my truth or whatever the case is, you know, they're not interested in facts. They're just interested in their feelings. Again, no disrespect to Margot Robbie. From what I can tell, she's not like one of these weirdo, woke Hollywood people. If she is, it's not making headlines. I think she just does work. Whoever told her to call um, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn was an idiot and cost her probably $50 million at the box office, maybe 30 to $50 million. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We knew now that Disney was set to decide to go with an all-female Pirates of the Caribbean reboot, which made no sense to me. Now, there's an argument to be made for all of the... Um, declining success of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and how perhaps it needed some sort of reboot. And, you know, Johnny Depp isn't getting any younger and things of that nature. But I think the series still relies exclusively on Johnny Depp. So if Johnny Depp can't carry the Pirates of the Caribbean series as Jack Sparrow, I'm not exactly sure anyone could, especially if you're just replaced with whammon. Um, and now that the court case has been uh, won, Margot Robbie says her female-led parts of the Caribbean movie is dead at Disney. I guess they don't want to do it. Margot Robbie announced in the new Vanity Fair cover story that her female-fronted parts of the Caribbean movie is dead at Disney. Variety had reached out to the studio for comment. It was announced in June, on June 20th, that Oscar nominee Robbie will be the star of a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie at Disney, written by her Birds of Prey screenwriter, Christina Hodson. So there you go. On top of that, it was set to be more woke trash like Birds of Prey was. Remember how Birds of Prey uh, did their media tours and then they said, oh yeah, closet misogynists are really gonna, are really gonna be afraid of this, of, this, of this movie or whatever the case was. 
Quote, we had an idea and we were developing it for a while ages ago to have more of a female-led, but not totally female-led, but just a different kind of story, which we thought would have been really cool. By the way, there have been prominent females in all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, at least the ones I've seen. I haven't seen them all. I'm not like a pirate super fan. Uh, I'm not like one of these weirdo YouTubers who turned out to be, who over the trial turned out to be some kind of weirdo uh, stan for Johnny Depp. I mean, I think that he shared, you know, I'm sure that he's not perfect, um, but I believe what was said about him by his ex was wrong and said with malice, and I'm happy he won his lawsuit, and I hope he wins the appeal. Um, but Roby told Vanity Fair about her intended, quote, Pirates movie uh, uh, with Disney, but I guess they don't want to do it. Variety reports that in summer of 2020, Disney was in early development on Roby's Pirates movie as well as a second reboot of the franchise veteran Todd Elliott and Chernobyl director Craig Mazin. Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced all five Pirates movies starring Johnny Depp, was attached to both new projects at the time. In an interview with the Sunday Times in May, Bruckheimer said that both films remained in development. The mega producer also confirmed that the future of the Pirates franchise does not currently have Johnny involved, despite rumors touting his return. Quote, yes, we're talking to Margot Robbie. We're developing two pirate scripts, one with her and one without. Bruckheimer said, who was asked about the future of the Pirates franchise, will JD be back? Not at this point. The future is not yet decided. The previous Pirates movies all starring uh, JD as Captain Jack Sparrow grossed $1.5 billion domestically and $3.07 billion internationally, with the North American market re representing a progressively smaller share. The domestic total for 2017's Dead Men Tell No Tales hit 172 million, while foreign markets delivered 622. All Pirates films have grossed more than 650 million worldwide, with Dead Man's Chest and On Stranger Tides both topping the billion dollar mark. Well, I would tell you this much, my friend if they had a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, like ready to rock and you know go into filming you know as quickly as possible i am certain it would do exceedingly well at the box office given how many hundreds of thousands of people watched that trial intimately and i think became bigger fans of johnny depp and would want to support that movie 100,000 200,000 people mobilizing to support johnny depp to support uh his return to support his triumphant return he has said though that he's not interested in doing so because he's pissed at Disney, which I 110% understand. He has every right to be mad that he was found guilty, um, you know, without any kind of, you know, he was presumed guilty, I should say, and removed from those movies. Also removed from um, what ended up being a complete box office failure, the Fantastic Beasts movie. You see a screen rap, Margot Robbie says her female-led Pirates of the Caribbean reboot with Birds of Prey writer Christina Hodson has been canceled by Disney. I mean, I think ultimately this opens the door to Johnny's return. TMZ reports Disney Yanks Pirates movie Olive Branch for Johnny? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Margot Robbie won't be sailing off in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie after all, which could be a good sign for JD. The actress revealed her would-be Pirates of the Caribbean film is done at Disney in a new interview with Vanity Fair. Margot explained that in developing the idea for her as a lead with a for a few years, but at this point, it's over. As for why Margot Robbie says, I guess they just don't want to do it. It's interesting. Earlier this year, an OG producer on the Pirates franchise, Jerry Bruckheimer, said that it was. He also left the door open for a possible reunion with Johnny Depp, although he noted that JD wasn't attached at that time. No official word on Disney and Johnny linking back up for more Jack Sparrow, a partnership that grossed the studio upwards of $2 billion. But the fact that they're scrapping Margot idea entirely might be a signal they're musing about another JD installment. That or maybe they're done with mythical pirates in general. Probably not, though. Yeah, I wouldn't think that that's the case. I think that they are going to bring, uh, they're going to try to bring Johnny back. Now, he has said that he has no interest in coming back, but they could give him, you know, 40 million plus reasons to do so. And I would argue that that's probably enough to let bygones be bygones. And next up today, Elon Musk fires entitled brat who tried roasting him on Twitter, and he cuts insane $400 lunches. We are witnessing in real time the F around and find out chart, and we just had two different entitled, now both former Twitter employees, after popping off on Twitter, uh, F around and find out, 
trying to totally pwn their current boss on Twitter. Meanwhile, the mainstream media is absolutely losing its mind uh, after Elon Musk ends uh, the free lunch program at Twitter, which was costing him $400 per meal. And they wonder, however, will uh, an average salary person who makes $200,000 or more be able to afford lunch? I'm not kidding you. This has been one of the most hilarious stories to date. I appreciate everyone tuning in and always leaving a like and hitting that subscribe button. I know it's a pain in the rear end, but uh, it does help the channel immensely. Quick announcement, holiday flavors have arrived. My company, Coffee Brand Coffee, we have a dozen different teas. We have more than a dozen coffees. We now have a brand new cocoa flavor, peppermint hot cocoa. We also have chocolate covered espresso beans chocolate covered coffee beans for sale for limited time through the holidays only because once it heats up well you can't buy them and you can't ship them anymore so support the channel and check out coffeebrandcoffee.com promo code the quartering to save now eric fronhofer uh apparently uh, uh had something to say so the other day Elon wrote, by the way, I apologize for Twitter being super slow in many countries. App is doing more than a thousand poorly batched RPCs to render a home timeline. Now, the actual Android developer at Twitter, Eric Fraunhofer, said, quote tweeted Elon. He got a little bit of clout, which he's pretty happy about. I have spent about six years working on Twitter for Android and can say this is wrong. Now, this is the thing. Uh, you can say it's wrong, but then you probably should provide some evidence as to why it's wrong. And also, you probably shouldn't try to publicly embarrass your boss on his platform. But I mean, that is the modern day employee to which, of course, Elon sees and replies. Then please correct me. What is the right number? Twitter is super slow on Android. What have you done to fix this? A lot of the replies, six meals, 10 free lunches a day, working two days a week equals 6,240 free meals. Worth it. Hey, bruh, how'd you get fired on your day off? Please let us know if you're employed tomorrow. Watching this play out on Twitter is amazing. Uh, a guy probably works on a part of the app that doesn't even handle the RPCs and confuses them with client-side service re uh, requests. And by the way, he's been fired. That's right. This this is like, see, see Eric Fronhofer, uh, Langdon says, Elon, with this kind of attitude, you probably don't want this guy on your team. He's fired. Now, has he actually been at, has he been fired? He hasn't, um, you know, he hasn't uh, really said that, but he goes, uh, and he also says, uh, Money Nerd Tech, he says, I've been a developer for 20 years, and I can tell you that as a domain expert here, you should really inform your, your boss privately trying to one-up him in public while he is trying to learn and be helpful makes you look like a spiteful self-serving developer. Uh, maybe he should ask private, maybe he should ask questions privately, maybe using Slack or email. And then he just, he just gets rid of them. Like now I don't know. He hasn't tweeted since this. Uh, he says he's still at Twitter, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I I'm not exactly sure. Like, what is this a saluting face? He's fired. So maybe he actually isn't fired, but of course, Twitter loves this. I mean, 90,000 likes. I don't know if he's just being sarcastic, but it would be funny if you couldn't, or if he was actually fired for it. Look, I actually understand, like, look out of respect here. Like if your boss is saying stuff that's wrong or whatever, it's okay to correct them. You should do that. That's what a you know good employee does it does. But in the reality of the world, you don't get to just, you know, scoff at him and try to publicly embarrass him. You see Count Dankula retweeting one of the best tweets. Andrew Wartman writes, he fired three quarters of the employees and now he's planning to starve the rest of them. He's a he's failure incarnate. Because he's talking about Mr. Musk plans to begin making employees pay for lunch, which has had been free at the company. Uh, Dank writes, oh no, how will the software engineer earning six figures buy a panini? I mean, like literally nobody cares. And then this guy's been coping and seething like that for all the, I bring my own lunch crowd. That's a shame, but not relevant. 
Twitter was a company that provided lunch for its employees for free for 10 years and now has abruptly stopped because its CEO is a cheap pile of garbage. Gets ratio to, is this parody? And then you see Elon uh, chiming in saying, I can't tell. Uh, Stop World Culture's G- JFC, Jesus, you know, blah, blah, blah. They make over 100K a year. They can buy their own lunch. Failure incarnate shows like uh, Falcon Heavy. I mean, the fork and knife symbol denotes a business where prepaid food is sold, prepared food is sold. Here is a bunch right near Twitter's headquarters. The rotisserie chicken and chicken fat rice at RT Rotisserie is great. Go for the Douglas fur sour cream as your sauce. Hopefully nobody starves. I mean, like one of the most hilarious things like that. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Here, Twitter pays an average salary of $146,000 a year, which is $70 an hour. Twitter pays the bottom 10% if uh, $106,000 a year and the top 10% over 201. How will these people survive without free lunches? Like Kristen Ruby says, uh, president of Ruby Media Group, I pay for my own lunch. What you are describing sounds more like socialism where everyone expects everything for free. No one is entitled to a free lunch. I mean, it's it's like, it, and, and by the way, so then here's another former Twitter employee going for some clout, but you know what, you're a former Twitter employee, so you want to call your, your, your guy who fired you a liar. I guess I understand that. So Elon writes... Uh, to niche gamer okay maybe they should learn to cook on november 13th and then he writes especially bizarre given that almost no one came to the office estimated cost per lunch served in the past 12 months is 400 dollars so then tracy hawkins right this is a lie i ran the program up until a week ago when i resigned because i didn't want to work for elon musk well, I better never hear you whine about, uh, you know, whine about how you can't afford stuff. For breakfast and lunch, we spent between $20 and $25 a day per person. This enabled employees to work through lunches and meetings. Attendance was anything from 20 to 50% in offices. First of all, this is clearly somebody who doesn't understand overhead. Um, if you're saying the meal costs $20, what were the people paid to prepare that meal? What did the facilities cost? That this is a classic... Uh, like cog in the machine opinion this is somebody who clearly doesn't understand business at a high level even at a basic high level like are those ovens and and uh serving machines and all the stuff that you bought were that was that not included in that 20 dollar meal to which of course elon replies false twitter spends 13 million dollars a year on food on food service for the san francisco headquarters Badge in records show a peak occupancy was 25%. Average occupancy below 10%. There are more people preparing breakfast than eating breakfast. They don't even bother serving dinner because there's nobody in the building. Oof. 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 How does it feel to be publicly outed as a liar? That's not a good look on your resume. Lol, people people everywhere work through lunchtime. I mean, you know, it depends. I try to get my employees to to take their lunch breaks because it's good just to reset your brain. But most people would rather like, and this is a, a pretty simple system that I always was fine with. Like if you work through your lunch and you wanted to leave a little early, I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like the whole, you must take your lunch break thing, you know, whatever. Um, mo- you know, while I was in office still, kind of DoorDash kind of became a thing. So like people would just never leave their desk and then they would eat their sandwich or whatever. I would try to take a little mental time off, watch the like Trailer Park Boys or something while I'm eating a Jimmy John sub. Um, but like very few people ever ate in our break room. Even I worked at a place with a couple hundred people and our break room never had more than five people in it. Like people just ate at their desk or they didn't eat and they left early or they went out and ate. Uh, and by the way, nobody expected. So Twitter was mommy and packed all the kitties a lunch. You understand how ridiculous this sounds, right? What this is, is Elon's come in and said, no more, uh, no more adult daycare. 
After issuing return to office ultimatum, Musk is now eliminating free meals for the Twitter staff, arguing no one was even turning up to eat them. Well, it sounds true. It sounds true. I mean, he has to cut costs. And if you're talking about blowing $12 million a year on food that people aren't eating, not to mention uh, all the staff that are paid to create that food and prepare that food for free. Look at all those, like that day in the life video. That girl was walking around talking about how great her job is at Twitter. There, I didn't see a single other employee. Nobody was in the office. So why were you providing free lunch for them? It was ridiculous. Uh, so it, this is like how real companies run. Um, look, uh, you know, companies can buy lunch here and there. That's 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 reasonable. But I wouldn't exactly expect my my employer to buy me meals. This is like you know, hey, pizza. You see, for comparison, Apple has always charged employees for meals at its San Francisco headquarters. I assume he did. I assume they did. Why would you give them free food? And also, by the way, I wouldn't want that to be a part of my comp plan either because I probably wouldn't like it. I'm not exactly down with a water chestnut salad with a side of something called chutney, okay? I want like a sub sandwich or a burger or something like that. And that's probably not going to be on my, you know, company's uh, buffet line. So plus I don't want to eat pizza every day either. So uh, this is just more reality uh, setting in for these hilariously entitled brats. And you just love to see it. And next up, Dave Chappelle blasted for jokes made on SNL, but the facts disagree. Over the weekend, Dave Chappelle hosted SNL. So you knew that the outrage would be shortly behind it. Now, I don't watch Saturday Night Live like, well, just about everybody these days. I just wait for the clips of the funny bits to leak to the internet, which is almost never these days. Obviously, I had a special eye towards it with Dave Chappelle hosting this weekend, and it didn't disappoint. He had an excellent opening monologue about Trump. He took aim at Kanye West or Ye, uh, and, uh, well, the left is upset because he made jokes that they didn't like and also that he didn't take his monologue to apologize for previous jokes that he made that's where the left is now npr dave chappelle monologue disappoints on saturday night live to who i thought it was pretty funny and if we look at this uh if we actually look at the youtube video which is like a better representation of normal people it got 4.5 million views which is easily one of their most viewed opening monologues in a long time we can just look at their at their videos 30,000 here's a million uh featuring Dave Chappelle um Black Star 300,000 700,000 200,000 six I mean the opening monologue got 4.5 million views and I'm scrolling 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 weekend update got two that's pretty good still double that um two so I don't see here's one million with Jack Harlow's monologue. I don't really know who that is. White rapper, I think. Um, so yeah, I'd say that it didn't disappoint. And when you look at the actual video itself, it's got 140,000 uh, likes. It says only this man could do a 15 minute SNL monologue and slay the audience better than most comedians would do during a Netflix special. Dave Chappelle's a living legend. I love that so many people that didn't want him there and he still comes out and tells the most uncomfortable jokes. So where are the people that didn't like it? So they're, they're just gaslighting and pretending that it was disappointing. No one walks the rhetorical tightrope as deftly as Dave Chappelle, though that thought nagged at me while watching Chappelle's widely anticipated appearance on Saturday Night Live where guest hosting since after major electoral events have become something of a tradition. But Chappelle didn't devote much of his monologue to the midterm elections. Ah, oh, dang it. Oh, he didn't talk politics on a comedy show? Ooh, disappointing. Even though news had broken earlier in the day that Democrats had defied expectations to likely control, control, uh, retain control of the Senate. Yeah, they sure defied expectations. Um, he spent more time talking about Kanye West and anti-Semitism. Okay, that seems okay. Quote, early in my career, I learned there are two things that you should never say together, Chappelle noted during his opening monologue. Those words are the and Jews. I've never heard someone do good after they said that. <laughs> I mean, he's not right. <laughs> I'm sure that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the crowd reaction was, but 
I mean, what's wrong with that? He's obviously bringing attention to it in a comedic way. Chappelle was already controversial, an already controversial guest. Critics, including me, slammed his 2021 Netflix special, The Closer, Closer for its homophobic and transphobic jokes. And again, homophobic and transphobic are just jokes at the expense of that community. In my opinion, you know, everybody, the ultimate equality is having people be able to make jokes at your expense. I don't think that there are a lot of people in the in the gay community that see themselves as victims or above criticism. I think the mainstream media does, but I mean, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I hang out in San Francisco, but I know my fair share of, of, of gay folks. Now they're older, so maybe the younger gays are different. I don't know. But they certainly can poke fun at themselves just as much as anyone else. I don't think they're looking for special treatment. As I said in my review, Chappelle seems to think he's above criticism. For him, race seems to trump all. The modus operandi that was in full display Saturday night as his monologue unfolded, Chappelle negotiated a fine line admitting that West, now known as Ye, said some things terrible that even Adidas, a company founded by two brothers who were members of the Nazi party in the 30s, was offended. Okay. At the same time, the co comic seemed to suggest that Ye's barbs about Jewish people controlling the media and show business, echoing classic anti-Semitic tropes, were not entirely untrue by saying, quote, I've been to Hollywood. It's a lot of Jews, he cracked. Like a lot. I mean, I don't know the exact number. I don't even want to go down that road. Um, but I think that you know, even Jewish people make that joke. So I don't really understand. Is it, it's not okay when Dave Chappelle makes the joke, but when Jerry Seinfeld makes the joke or when, uh, um, you know, they make these, oh, I got my Jewish lawyer. You're going to be in trouble now. I've seen that joke a million times on like Seinfeld or um, Larry David's show. Or, I mean, I don't really think that that's, if you're going to be upset, like you got to acknowledge the fact that there's, you know, that there are some things that are okay to make, you know, to point out, make fun of. Can't be so sensitive about it. He also joked about uh, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving, who was suspended after posting a link to a film that contained also some questionable things. Um, one line in particular seemed to stun the audience before they offered scattered applause. I know the Jewish people have been through some terrible things all over the world, but you can't blame that on black Americans. Uh, what's what's that got to do with a professional athlete posting a link to an anti-Semitic film with no explanation and then taking several long days to disavow the film's content? I do not know. Well, I mean, again, he posted a link. And you guys, uh, the media, I mean, um, emasculated him and made him not only uh, apologize... But then when he didn't use the exact words you wanted him to in the apology, you didn't accept it. And then you still demanded more and you still tried to break the man down. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a feeling that probably didn't change the way Kyrie Irving felt about the media or the Jewish people. I'm not saying how he felt was right, but I'm saying, you know, maybe you just could have, you know, covered the fact that the film is garbage you know, and uh, maybe not try to take the guy's masculinity from him. Uh, you know, the Jerusalem Post writes, American comedian Dave Chappelle said during his SNL monologue that he denounces anti-Semitism before probably engaging in anti-Semitic tropes. And then you see the comment, did we watch the same thing? It was hilarious and I'm Jewish. Um, like, I don't really understand. You know who you can't, you can say, you know who you can't criticize when they're constantly trying to frame you as anti-Semitic. Uh, you see, I know it's almost like he's a comedian. They're called jokes. He's a comedian. Comedy pokes fun at everybody. So it's like the average human. Now, I don't know how many of these people are Jewish. In fact, there's always a lot of people that say, oh, I'm Jewish. And I, you know, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. This seems like a stretch, a comedian telling jokes. Um... Here's somebody, what the heck? I had to change the channel. What? I, 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 don't, I don't really understand it. You know, on a network controlled by 
your demographic, someone says he used the N-word, that wasn't an issue. You've disseminated anti-black racism for centuries, and that's okay. I mean, I don't know. It's I just don't think this kind of stuff, like, there is actual hateful, like, stuff that should be called out, but I don't think jokes are, I don't think calling out jokes is very productive. And all this really does is create more negative thoughts, more negative opinions. Dave Chappelle speaks about controversy in SNL monologue, but not his own. CNN, Dave Chappelle's SNL monologue sparks backlash. Did it? It seemed pretty universally liked. And I read a couple other pieces, I think this variety piece, where like they're butthurt that he didn't address his own quote-unquote controversy. Well, he didn't have anything to address in his mind. Isn't that kind of the thing? Dave Chappelle doesn't address anti-trans jokes, mocks Kanye's anti-Semitic remarks, and lengthy SNL monologue. If you want serious, you want um, you want like people, to, you know, admonishing. Turn on CNN or MSNBC or read any mainstream media. Maybe that's why small content creators like me in my bedroom upstairs. See, I've graduated from my basement. Are pulling 30, 40 million views a month. I mean, it's possible that those two things are related. Now, I'm not saying that going out and saying heinous things and all this stuff is okay. And I don't think that everyone should just, you know, I think that it's okay to be offended by certain things and it's okay to, um, you know, uh, call out things that are incorrect. There's something in particular that Dave said that was really hurtful. You know, I think you can call that out. But the problem is we've reached a point where everything is offensive and everything is cancelable. And all that really does is get people to tune out. It gets people to say, no, no, you're crazy. Relax. So when like the Jerusalem Post wants to point out something really specific and hateful that somebody said, maybe they're not going to be as tuned in because it's almost like the boy that cried wolf. Like he's making some jokes. Okay. He makes jokes that he knows you're going to get all butthurt about when the reality is there's very real issues in the world that the Jewish community needs that needs help with and needs to deal with and needs to you know, focus on. And I don't think it's jokes. You could see Planky writes, I had hoped this article would explain why his jokes are anti-Semitic as a person wanting to see why others didn't find the monologue as funny as I did. But despite that clickbaity plus accusatory headline, the article just repeats his jokes with no explanation as to why they're bad. Ratings were tremendous. People wouldn't agree. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. This is just not great. And next up today, Elon Musk dunks on US Senator and reveals massive corruption with Democrats and FTX crypto possible. You know, things are getting kind of uh, spooky, to be honest with you. Um, I think... I don't. I, I want to be careful about. You know, yes, Elon is smart, but even smart people make mistakes. And you saw this a lot with like Trump, for example. Every good thing he did was because he was smart, and every bad thing he did, for whatever reason, was him playing fifth dimension, fifth dimensional chess. And the the truth is, it was somewhere in the middle, right? People make mistakes. But I don't know. I want to be careful about saying Elon knew and that's why he bought it. But it's possible. What I guess what I'm trying to say is like, now that Elon has bought Twitter, you are seeing the full weight of the establishment coming down on him. We just had the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, collude with a sitting United States senator to try and drum up some sort of investigation against Elon Musk. Just think about that. Journalists who are supposed to, you know, hold people accountable, essentially fabricating evidence to write a story that would eventually, in my opinion, lead to some sort of congressional, um, congressional investigation on Elon Musk. That's exactly what happened. And Elon seems to have had enough of it. You can see this article here, illustrated by Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch, writing, while the Biden gang has been harassing and threatening Elon Musk and his companies, 
one of the worst scams in modern finance has was being perpetuated right under their nose by a regular White House Capitol Hill visitor and the second biggest Democratic donor. And Elon writes, SBF, this is the guy behind FTX. I've got a separate video on that today. Uh, was a major Dem donor, so no investigation. I 100% believe that. He also posts this. Sam Bank Bankman Fried, CEO FTX, MIT graduate, into Gary Gensler, head of SEC, and from also from MIT, into Gary Ellison from MIT, into Carolyn Ellison from MIT, or the daughter of Glenn Ellison, sorry. Like, it's, there's, this is something very, 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 very rotten in the state of Denmark. But then you have, you know, this article. We got verified in minutes posing as a comedian and a senator, okay? So, again, understand what is driving the journalisming here. It is not to protect the people. It is not to protect, you know, the democracy as the Washington Post likes to pretend it does. It is to smear and hurt Elon Musk. That's why they did that. We already knew that the verification checkmark was going to be a gaffe. Even I, who many people would rightly say am an <clears throat> Elon Musk fanboy. I accept that. Look, I accept my biases and I try to put them right out there. I admit that I probably have a blind spot for some of the things that, you know, Elon has done and, and mistakes that he's made. People always talk about, oh, my government money, stuff like that. I, we're all human. However, you know, even I, the King Elon D-Rider, uh, said the blue checkmark thing was going to be an issue. Uh, and it, was, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, I was already a Twitter Blue member, so I could upload my 10-minute videos to YouTube. Going forward, now that I can do that, I will start doing that. But the Washington Post, again, when you need to read this. So I wanted to understand what a blue check mark actually means in Musk's new Twitter. Why? You already knew. All you had to do is pay the $8. That's exactly what he said it meant. And so... We, the users, are what we, the users, are getting for our money. So I asked a comedian, don't know who the heck that is, um, and then I asked, I did my test again with the permission of a United States senator. So to be clear, the person breaking the rules here, impersonating people, is the Washington Post employee named... Jeffrey A. Fowler, and he should probably have his personal account banned as well. He admits to the fraud in this article. He admits to working with Markey, who is an anti-Musk guy, going all the way back to you know November 11th here, he writes this article. Again, in collusion with the Washington Post. Yesterday, a Washington Post reporter easily created a fake account in my name. And by paying $8, they also obtained Twitter's blue checkmark, signifying that Twitter had, quote, verified the account was indeed a United States, sitting United States center. Actually, that's incorrect because you get the sub checkmark that says you're a sitting U.S. senator. Let me be very honest. Let me be very clear. Okay. There is probably more than one Edward Markey, Right. There's probably more than one. Uh, what about all the John Smiths out there that want to get verified? Signifying that Twitter had verified the account apparently due to Twitter's lax verification process and apparent need for cash. This guy totally sounds what he, he's really caring. He really cares about doing the right thing, doesn't he? Like, it just sounds like he's just helping us little guys. Senator Democrat Senator Edward Markey of Massachusetts. He's really focusing on important things. You know, this is the same guy that was happy to send $60 billion of your money to Ukraine to fight, in my opinion, some lame proxy war with Russia. Okay, let's 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 put our cards out on the table here. Okay, 
And by the way, there are plenty of Republicans that probably sign off on that trash too, okay? This guy is first in line to give a foreign country your money. Oh, by the way, also a country that allegedly invested that money into FTX, which then invested, promised a billion dollars to Democrats. That's uh, nothing to see here, Americans. What about all the people that lost millions of dollars in that exchange? Don't care about that. He's worried about owning Elon Musk on Twitter. That's what this is about. That's who these losers voted in. Okay. I don't have much time for literally any politicians. They're all too quick to start wars, to steal our money and give it to other countries so that they can fight wars over there and they can go do whatever nefarious crap our country does. I hate it. Okay. This is why when Trump was running and he promised no more future, like forever wars, he's going to bring our troops back. That resonated with a guy like me. You know, maybe there's a reason the Middle East hates the West. It's because we're always over there meddling in their crap. Okay. They are born hating the United States. They're born because of people like Edward Markey who are sending all sorts of U.S. tax dollars over there to uh, protect our interests that definitely aren't their giant fields of poppy that fuel the uh, opioid industry. Anyway, I digress. As the Washington Post article explains, a reporter with a, quote, spare iPhone and credit card and a little creativity what took it okay um was able in minutes to set up an account under the twitter handle real ed markey the post reporter was able to accomplish the impersonation despite twitter having previously verified my account twitter under the handle of senator markey compounding twitter's verification dysfunction a pop-up stated that the fake account was verified because i was a notable person in government not because I had paid for the verification blue checkmark. That doesn't actually seem true. That seems like a lie, actually. And also, by the way, the system works. Right? Late Thursday, Twitter suspended the ability to... I mean, these accounts got suspended, right? Twitter has said that accounts and impersonating people are not allowed to, and face suspension when they're discovered. It booted comedian... Kathy Griffin, after she changed her Twitter screen name to Elon Musk, but there's very little about Twitter's new paid service that stops you from verifying a fake account. As of this time that I published this column, its systems hadn't detected that those were inauthentic accounts and they remain online. Oh no, they're gone. And you can see right here, Ed Markey, it says this account is verified because it paid for Twitter Blue. So it doesn't say that. So the original account so this person really thought they were doing something, right? So then Elon says, you see this, you might want to clarify that the Washington Post reporter did this with your knowledge and your permission, because I was pretty shocked after reading your letter that the Washington Post would do this to you. And then you see here, Elon replies, writing, Perhaps it's because your real account sounds like a parody. 223,000 likes. Also, why does your peepee have a mask? Uh, profile photo. Profile photo. I think it's safe to take off your mask in the profile pic. Also, Elon, why did you say something so controversial yet so brave? You see, and you know, who was the Washington Post reporter who committed the identity fraud on Twitter? Cernovich writing, in terms of service violation, instant ban. I mean, it's like, what is this? Like, I don't even understand. And there's a typo in this letter. Notwithstanding Twitter's terminating Twitter blue and paid for blue checkmark verification shortly after and other instances of online imposters, Twitter's must explain itself. Please respond to the following questions in writing by 20 years ago, November 25th, 2002. This is the machine the, that controls. This is the ruling class, in my opinion, feeling its grip on the flow of information loosening, and they are freaking out, and it is only the beginning. And last up today, woke FTX crypto bro who stole 16 billion and gave 50 million to Democrats is on the run. Elon Musk roasts. Perhaps the biggest story of the modern era has been the FTX exchange 
its various tentacles reaching deep into the Democrat Party, the WEF, and much more, receiving what appears to be almost zero investigation, as its CEO currently sits in the Bahamas playing League of Legends after having $16 billion erased in value, while somebody hacked, allegedly hacked, their system and stole hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm sure that totally wasn't him. I suppose I don't know that for sure, but it's awfully suspicious. This story continues to baffle me as our government leaders are more concerned with what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter than where these hundreds of millions of dollars went. And maybe it has to do with the hundreds of millions that were donated to the Democrats by FTX CEO. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just a pleb. By the way, thanks, everyone. I asked for... um some crypto experts to email me and, and take me to crypto school a little bit about this. And I got a handful of emails that were really well thought out and I printed them out and I read them on Sunday and uh, I really appreciate that. I'm weird. I don't like reading emails on the screen. I like to actually make sure I'm, you know, taking a tree down while I'm reading my emails. To be fair, I print on both sides of my paper. $515 million is stolen from collapsed crypto exchange FTX in the matter of hours. But is it hackers or an inside job? New CEO looks locks down remaining funds in secure storage as FBI called in and amateur sleuths try to track down the thieves. This is, I mean, you see FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried is in the Bahamas currently and he went there in his private jet. I thought he was all about the environment. As customers' billions go missing in company collapse. The Democratic darling whose FTX cryptocurrency exchange collapsed this week collapses amid reports of up to $2 billion in customer funds missing was spotted Sunday in the Bahamas. FTX underwent a $16 billion implosion amid reports that co-founder Sam Bankman-Fried had been funneling money to a sister trading company run by his girlfriend. Bankman-Fried, who is 30, who has donated a reported $50 million to Democrats since 2020, $50 million in two years, told Reuters that he was in the Caribbean where FTX is headquartered. While a source said the disgraced CEO and his father were spotted hunkering down with cops and federal regulators on Saturday. At least 1 billion and up to 2 billion in client funds have gone missing. FTX, which has filed for bankruptcy, suddenly collapsed, according to a report. Crypto experts on, sa on Saturday warned FTX account holders who have their linked FTX accounts to their bank accounts to change their bank account passwords immediately because the accounts may be vulnerable to hacking. Bankman Freed, also known as SBF, secretly funneled $10 billion of customer funds into his trading company, Alameda Research. It was revealed Friday Alameda Research is run by Bankman Freed's girlfriend. Two senior FTX officials claim they saw evidence that money was missing in copies of financial records from Bankman Freed's share shared a company with executive last week. At its height, FTX drew endorsements from NFL legend Tom Brady. NBA superstar Stephen Curry, Seinfeld co-creator Larry David, and Giselle Bundchen. FTX officials have claimed $473 million of its fund were, funds were stolen in a hack on Friday night, and they are working with regula regulators to find out what happened. This guy belongs in jail for the rest of his life. He won't happen, but how many people's lives did he ruin? Bankman Freed lives in a high-rise apartment in Nassau with about 12 other roommates who Coindesk reported Friday were more than instrumental in his business. The whole operation was run by a gang of kids in the Bahamas. A source told the outlet, we're on the edge of our seats. It seems like the new bombshell is dropping every hour. Cryptocurrency pioneer billionaire Brooke Pierce told the Post from his home in Puerto Rico. I don't know if he's the Madoff of this generation or the Enron of this generation, but a ton of people are very shocked and upset and didn't see this coming. 
It's going to have a terrible impact on the market as well as for customers of FTX who probably will be lucky to even get a small portion of their money back. And that won't be for another four to five years at best. Bakeman Fried was the second largest donor to the Democratic Party last year. He is the son of two well-connected professors at Stanford University School of Law. His mother and two Stanford colleagues are the co-finders of Mind the Gap, which Vox called a secretive Silicon Valley pack, known for its stealth style of quickly gathering donations over a short period to, quote, prevent Republicans from mobilizing their own donors in response. Freed's group also encourages donors to fund the controversial Get Out to Vote organization for the city, or the city Center for Voter Information. But Bakeman Freed may have not been motivated by politics. At this point, it looks like Sam was doing all this virtue signaling to hide what he was really up to, Pierce said. His political contributions to the Democratic Party, all his philanthropy, were about making himself look good and buying protection for what looks to be pretty much everyone as a clear-cut case of fraud. Yes. And where are the Democrats now? Arguing with Elon Musk on Twitter. Everything that, uh, quote, everything that everyone finds surprising with the situation is not surprising at all. And it dates back to the 2008 financial crisis, he told the Post Sunday. This is another case of self-interested actors using the appearance of virtue to deflect from the things they'd rather not be questioned about. It's about masquerading as this great moral person being a large donor to the so-called good guys and calling for greater regulation in the industry at the same time. It's like tampering with a smoke detector on the airplane lavatory so you can still smoke. Yeah, the FTX fiasco comes less weeks, less than two weeks after the mysterious passing of pioneering crypto developer Nikolai Mushigan, I probably mispronounced that, who apparently drowned in the surf in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. And if you look, Elon putting this out, he says, was FTX being used to launder money for the Democratic Party? Question mark. The, the, that agency, the WEF, sponsored FTX on their website, which has now been removed. Elon Musk replying, a question worth, worth asking. Yeah, it sure does seem like it, doesn't it? Why did the, why did the, why did the WEF remove this? Hmm? Why did they why did they remove that? And you see 14 hours ago SBF tweeted what H A P I don't know what that what's going on. I mean I all I can say is this guy's you know he's got to go to jail. Like he, he and you know by the time he gets out of jail he's still going to have tons of money. And, and the thing is, like, you know, Elon Musk and Mark Cuban are letting loose on FTX's Sam Bankman-Fried. BS meter was redlining. Elon Musk and Mark Cuban. Musk, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, who Friday night FTX meltdown slash ransack being tracked in real time on Twitter. As Fortune reported um, earlier in the Twitter space, Musk added the following about his doubts. But I reported, to be honest, I'd never heard of him. But I got a ton of people telling me that he's got, you know, huge amounts of money that he wants to invest in the Twitter deal. I talked to him for about a half hour and my BS meter was redlining. It was like, this dude is BS. That was my impression. Then I was like, man, everyone, including major investment banks, everyone was talking about him like he's walking on water and has a zillion dollars. And that was not my impression. That dude was just, there was something wrong. He does not have capital and he will not come through. That was my prediction. Mark Cuban said, first, you've got to understand crypto. There's speculation. That's all the noise. Then there's the things that happen with the crypto platform, Voyager, and now with FTX. That somebody's running a company that's just dumb as F greedy. So what does Sam Bakeman do? He just give me more, give me more, give me more. So I'm going to borrow money, loan it to my affiliated company, and then hope to pretend to myself that the FTT tokens are there in my balance sheet and it's going to sustain the value. This is obviously Cuban also was accused in a lawsuit of August for misleading investors into signing up for accounts with Voyager Digital, a crypto platform that filed for bankruptcy back in July. These blowups have not been crypto blowups. 
They have been banking ones, lending to the wrong entity, misvaluations of collateral, arrogant arbitrage or ARBs, I guess that means, followed by depositor runs, meaning everyone rushes for their money. See long-term capital, savings and loan, subprime issues, all different versions of the exact same story. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, this dude is literally out in the Bahamas playing League of Legends right now. Uh, and you see what's interesting, uh, you know, Elon's definitely pointing, uh, kicking the bear a little bit. It's interesting to me uh, that our government was fine to let this guy operate, a 30-year-old multi-billionaire uh, with no oversight. It's because, in my opinion, they wanted that money to keep rolling in, right? I mean, they wanted the billions of dollars to keep rolling in. You see, here's current Sam Bankman-Fried's fraudulent FTX got a higher ESG score on leadership and governance than ExxonMobil. If you're familiar with ESG, this is the uh, basically the woke rating that Tesla lost uh, because they weren't playing ball. And say have leadership rating higher than ExxonMobil. It's all a scam. It's all, it's like insane just how, like right in front of the world, right in front of everyone. Here he's, he's actually retweeting Sam Bankman-Fried's uh, fall, cuts off big source of funding for the Democrats. Ooh, inconvenient timing. Inconvenient timing, right? Like it, it's absolutely insane to me. That that and this is you know I think at the at the key at the at the at the nexus of why he bought Twitter because he's out here calling out corrupt politicians he's out here calling out the obvious facts are you suggesting the senator will abuse his political power to attack me he's got people on all fronts all fronts that like you know are coming after him and I and it, I think it's awfully awfully telling. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it and you subscribe so you actually get notified when I upload the next video because I do five to six a day, six days a week, and uh, I'm always uploading new ones, so I wouldn't want you to miss anything. Hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you again real soon.